Superman's found in like a pit, basically, right? What? I mean, who found him in a pit? Doesn't isn't he kind of in like a little like dirt hole? Hello, welcome to Guide to the Unknown. I'm Kristen, and I'm her little brother William. And flush. You know what that sound means. It's another episode where we crack open Uncle John's bathroom reader to find out what's going on down there. To get all the delicious treasures inside. <laughs> Did you script that intro? No. Well, it was really good. <laughs> Thank you. You made it sound like this is one of our like recurring segment things that we do, but I, I checked in the last time that we did this, the only time we did this before, was episode 237. Right, an auspicious number. I know. You might think that we would have done something Shining related, but no, we read from the Uncle John's bathroom reader. That's right. And we're going to do it again. We're going to do it right now. We can't help ourselves. No. All right, Will, why don't you hit me with a nice, juicy bathroom factoid? All right. Actually, let's I'd factoid. Like to, go ahead. Go factoid ahead. Factoid is right because I realized something about my book mm -hmm. that, that I evidently didn't pick up on last time. Believe it or not, this is... I also haven't read this <laughs> since we did that last episode, but like almost two years Nor ago. Nor have I, yeah. Um, not only are there, there are like crazy facts on like every single page, I I didn't pay attention to the fact that there's teeny tiny text at the way bottom. Oh. Every single page has a mini fact at the very bottom of the page. And so I, I combed through. So And they, they give you no context. Sure. The, they, the Uncle John's Bathroom Reader is not about explaining everything sometimes they just give you a quick fact mm -hmm. they drop it in your lap so to speak <laughs> and you Splash. do with it what you will which yeah. is why i can say uh this to you i'll hit you with two right Great. now off the top a british study found that eating different cheeses before bed influenced dreams the hmm. most bizarre dreams were caused by eating blue cheese interesting which means that you could perhaps dose yourself yeah exactly you could usher in nightmares you or could, whatever dreams you could take blue cheese <laughs> before bed <laughs> like some sort of a medication like instead of melatonin see. or something yes do you remember there's like this study about like giving spiders different chemicals to see what happens to their web building yes it's like give yourself different kinds of cheese to see how it <laughs> ha what nocturnal effects you might trigger talk about dream weaver yeah um, uh, I, I used to not really so much anymore, I think because my medications are different than they were before. Um, I used to have nightmares pretty much every single night, uh, from previous antidepressants. But before yeah. that, I noticed that if I ate food before I went to bed, I always had a nightmare. So I could kind of like, I never did it with the intent, like, oh, yay, goody, I'll have a bowl of cinnamon toast crunch so I get nightmares. But it seemed to be a pretty undeniable pattern that that would happen. Saying if you eat before you go to bed is like a gremlin's rule. Aren't <laughs> yeah, you, you're right. At some point, you're always eating before you go to bed sometime. How, how, how do you measure that? I guess if I went to bed and I felt like my, my tummy was full. Like I, I ate pretty recently. It's not that I'm just not hungry anymore. It's like, oh, I feel I just ate. Aha. You yes, know, you can feel understood. that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. well, but it was a nightmare factory in there. Here's another uh, a mini droplet to, to chew on. Ew. In 1849, a 20-foot chunk of ice fell out of the sky over Scotland. No one knows why. That's weird. Is that true? I don't know. They printed it in the Uncle John's. I know. Fully loaded 25th anniversary bathroom reader. So just in case anybody doesn't know what these are, I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory, but I figured that I would just say real quick to, to lay the foundation. Um, yeah, these are books that are printed for you to keep in your bathroom. I mean, I think more than anything, they're like a novelty gift to give somebody. Yeah. Um, but the, the premise is that you keep them in your bathroom and the info in them is in small digestible chunks that you can read at uh, whatever number you need to for the duration of your stay in the bathroom. That's right. Yes. Uh, so there's like a lot of quick bite information. Right. There are some longer chapters, I will say. Well, sometimes you need one. 
Sometimes you, you got some time to spare. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yes, these little teeny lines at the bottom of the page give you just about nothing to go by. It's like Snapple cap stuff where you're like, I, yeah. I, I guess it's true. I don't know. You took the time to write it and print it. Right. That's so funny. It's crazy that they have, because I would think that you would be running out of material for these at a certain point. Although, of yes. course, time marches on between printings of Uncle John's bathroom reader. So maybe I'm wrong. But I would assume you'd need to be hoarding information for the next bathroom reader, not yeah. also just printing it tiny at the bottom of every page. It seems like yeah, almost a true. waste. In fact, I just I just went to portablepress.com, mm -hmm. which I guess is the the outlet that publishes these books. Right. And there is a 36th anniversary book, which I think is this year. So William, these are as old as you are. Oh my god, I didn't think of that. You're right. You're Uncle John. I may be Uncle John, Uncle Willie. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, very cool. <laughs> <laughs> very, very cool. Um, you, you, now you read to me because I've got a few other sections that we can go to, certainly. But of I'm, I'm curious to see what you've got because if, if memory serves, your book, we each have a book. Right. Your book is exclusively scary stuff. It's exclusively scary stuff, and it's for kids only. Oh, mom, dad, get out. Adults, stay out. Junior is going <laughs> to be reading a story here. That's right. Um, it, it it was listed. You know how like some books have uh, kind of where you would put them, I guess, in a library or category on the back or whatever? This yeah. is juvenile nonfiction. Juvenile nonfiction. Yeah. Where you keep it in the in the bookstore, by the way, should be the bathroom. Yeah. Wouldn't that wouldn't that be smart if there was like a case? Yes. A case in the bathroom William. at Barnes and Noble with all of the Uncle John's books. Absolutely. But also think about um the Asbury Park uh books and curiosities shop yes. and how they have a bathroom door that is kind of like camouflaged to look like it's a bookshelf. That thing could be chock-a-block full of these. Cause I think there are other strange and scary additions like the one I have here. We'll have to get on the horn to Kathy Kelly, the owner of books and curiosities and let her know. I don't, I don't want to mince words, but I think you just blew up their bathroom, Kristen. I don't <laughs> think people are supposed to know that. Well, no, but I don't know. They they let people of the public use it during the uh, the Jersey Devil Fest because that thought did cross my mind. But they seem to be playing pretty fast and loose with it. So if you walk by and somebody's opening the bookcase and you see a toilet in there, yeah, it's like, pretty much the jig is up. Yeah, yeah. I, I had a second where I was like, maybe I shouldn't say that, and I was like, eh, I feel That's like true. the public was using it, so that it seems is true. okay. You're, you're yeah. right. You're right. <laughs> All right, so let me read you a little section about strange things that people have left in their wills. Yes. After they die. This section is called Willpower. Um, and each section has like a little kind of like a header, like a title. So this one is Happy Birthday to You. Robert Louis Stevenson, the author of Treasure Island, left his birthday to a good friend who had always complained about being born on Christmas. Left his birthday? Yes. So he said, you take... June 23rd, because I know you hate being, I mean, it's just a joke, but you hate being born on December 25th. So now my birthday is your birthday. It's pretty creative. Yeah, I think it's fun. It's a, a way to get a smile beyond the grave. Yeah, definitely. I, I left you fun, something funny in my will. My birthday. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, a class act. Edwin Forrest was a leading stage actor in the 1800s who left all his money to the Actors Fund to establish a retirement home for his fellow actors. But he had two conditions. One, they had to do a reading of Shakespeare on Shakespeare's birthday. And two, the Declaration of Independence had to be read every 4th of July. Edwin. Oh, so he left thing. them homework. Yeah, he did. That's pretty funny, too. Yeah, it is. It is pretty funny. I mean, it's amazing that he left them all his money. Yeah. So I guess we can do that, you know, twice a year, have like a True. goofy thing. Sure. Uh, take that. An Australian lord, oh no, an Australian named Lord Francis Reginald left one shilling to his wife, quote, for tram fare so she can go somewhere and drown herself. Whoa. I, what? I, I assume that's another like making a funny 
Like, you're no, not going to want to live without me? What year is this? What, like, approximate year? I have no idea. Tram fare? Yeah, tram. That, so trams exist, which are, right. like, uh, trolleys or I guess the 1800s? Or eight, I don't know. It sounds like know. boomer humor, that humor of, yeah. like, I hate my wife. Yeah, totally. That person that I, that I dated and recited vows to, I hate them. Yeah. They're I, the ball and chain. I know. I think that seems to have gone away now. Like, I don't think there are That's a lot of shows. That's why I called it boomer humor. I, th- I, th- I don't think it's carried on much. No, I know. But I, I don't think there are a lot of, like, current day shows where it's a guy being like, ugh, like when yeah. his wife walks in the room or whatever. I think right. that's a welcome thing to have left in the past i think so too although now that i think about it i think that there are like tiktoks and stuff where it's kind of like annoying things wives do or like annoying things husbands do or whatever like creating that sort of like divide and like uh you know generalization sort of thing totally i guess it is out there yeah i guess it's out there i think you're right it's very Uh sitcom-y to be like the crazy thing my husband did. But I think you're you know right. What it is? I, I think I have seen that in those like TikTok confessional things. Like, so I woke up this morning and you're not going to believe what happened. Mm-hmm. This went on. Then that went on. Then he said this. Can you believe it? Yeah, like right. Eye rolling. Straight down the barrel of the camera. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know what I think it is? It's hacky. I think it's hacky too. It's easy. Yeah. Easy. Easy. Yeah. Well, here's something that's not so easy. No monkeying around about this next one, Will. Patricia O'Neill got angry at her husband and left her estate to her chimp, Kalu. Kalu. The, ape, the apes take $100 million. Amazing. I don't know how this gets worked out. Like, do you I think know. the husband still ended up with that money? Because yeah. I kind of do. Yeah. Yeah, but it's in a, a monkey bank or something. <laughs> that, that, that is like a, a story that You can only get it around. in bananas. Yeah, there was a story that goes around of like she left all her money to her cats. Yeah, so like that that certainly seems to happen, mm-hmm. but I don't know. So what? 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 What does it do? Is it just right? What does it functionally mean? It's got to just be a way of earmarking it for the care of the animal because there's going to be yeah. a human involved. Right. There. I'm has sorry, to be. but Kalu doesn't know how to use a debit card. Right. So maybe it's like the husband gets the hundred million, but you have to provide for Kalu in every single way that they need. And then like he gets to play with the rest or something. Yes. Yes, exactly. Um, he gets to play he gets to play <laughs> with the rest as Kalu <laughs> plays with his, you know, tire on a rope or whatever. Yeah, exactly. All right. Money for her maker. A woman in Cherokee County, North Carolina, left her entire estate to God. Oh. The court told the county sheriff to try to find the beneficiary. A few days later, the sheriff returned and submitted this paper. After due and diligent search, God cannot be found in this county. Yeah, that's useless. Completely useless. What does that mean? Highway to heaven. You, you know what it means? You know what it means? It's leaving your money to the church or something. Yeah, I guess so. Or the county. You know, I, I, I think... Um, I won't inject my own uh, my own viewpoints, but I think, but I will. Yeah, I think that's I think that's worthless. It is worthless. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, highway to heaven. Sandra West was a wealthy socialite from Beverly Hills who left her brother three million dollars, provided that he buried her in her lace nightgown and sitting in her Ferrari with the seat at a comfortable slant. So that's what he did. But then he poured concrete over the Ferrari so no one would be tempted to dig her up and drive the car away. What? The car's ruined anyway. It's ruined. It's full of dirt. But I don't know. Yeah, dirty things don't work. Yeah. No, I I think it's... It's worthless. (laughs) I think it's not the worst idea. If, If some... Like, this is such a huge if, but if someone were inclined to be like digging up graves and finding weird stuff. That's a a big blinking like welcome right. sign. Like somebody right. sitting in a Ferrari under the earth. So <laughs> I don't know. I could see some <laughs> some bad guy like going under a the bad earth. guy. <laughs> Here comes a bad guy. Who um, else would do it? Sit, oh, did you this is really this is a total digression, but it stood out to me. There's a trailer for the new Aquaman movie. Yes, I saw that. And in it, Yahya Abdul-Mateen, uh, the second? Um, yeah. Uh, 
he plays villain man. Yeah. And you know, he's villain man because in the trailer he goes, he says this line. He's like, I'm going to murder Aquaman's family. And I'm like, that is the worst trailer line I have ever heard in my life. I completely agree. That villains jo- don't think of themselves as villains and murder is a, is many things, but especially it's a legal definition. It's objectively bad. Yeah, like it's, there, yes. there are different ways that one might have to kill somebody. Right. Self-defense is basically what I'm thinking of. And Revenge. you wouldn't call that. Yeah. Well, you Even wouldn't some call mad, that murder. You convince yourself you got to do it. Right. But murder is like, this is, this is a bad guy thing. I know that was so ridiculous. I'm I'm going to murder murder Aquaman's family. Aquaman's family. What? (laughs) Shut up. Where's Candyman 2? Oh, please. I know. I don't want this. I'm going to murder Aquaman's family. (laughs) I kind of do want it. I kind of do. I liked Aquaman. I didn't see it. I liked it. I, you know, I, I I can't say anything with a lot of conviction. I don't really remember. It was years ago. But I remember being like, I liked that movie. You know what they call people like you? What? Aqua fan. <laughs> I almost You're right. said a, I, su- I, I almost said a sucker. William. <laughs> I, <laughs> I also remember that I, I think tweeted her insta story that i thought that it was a, a huge uh wasted opportunity that there was no fart joke in aquaman with bubbles you're right and it got no traction no action well i hear that aquaman 2 is not testing very well so you know what that means they they are <laughs> gonna add them di- in and post they didn't put a fart joke in two either <laughs> or maybe they'll put the fart joke in and now their testing scores are going to go through the roof you're right Give the people what they want. Yes, Nicole Kidman farting underwater and bubbles coming <laughs> up. <laughs> okay, this is the last one for the will. And it's a shorty, which is appropriate because the title is Big and Small. The world's longest will was 95,000 words long. The tiniest will was written on the back of a postage stamp. On the back of a postage stamp? Teeny weeny. Yep. I Somebody mean, having say- a bit of fun. They say it was tiny, but it could still, if you write really small. It could still be really long. Could still be a lot of words. Maybe it's like, um, hmm, it wouldn't be like this, but I already started it. That Fiona Apple album that's like a million words long. It's like when the pawn, blah, 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 blah. And people just call it when the pawn. Oh, or like Earthbreak. Yes. Which is technically a much longer title. Yes, exactly. There's no reason to call it anything but Earthquake. 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 Right. Earthquake. My, th- remember that show I made, Earthquake? Oh, um, yeah. I love Earthquake. I love Earthquake. Um, I'm going to tell you the closest that I've got to a longy. Okay. Because uh, I thought it was a very, very interesting story. Sweet. Uh, so in this book, it is titled, because like you said, like they're, they're almost like headlines mm-hmm. in the book. This is simply called The Strange Fate of Eben buyers Hmm. and so this is i'm going to read you some of it it in the book it is very very long but i'm going to summarize some of it however i do think that it is worth literally reading to you some of the setup because it 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 goes in directions you would not expect okay i'd rather read the strange fate of brecken meyer (laughs) he was almost in mall rats (laughs) and then strange that is strange yeah uh the strange fate of eben buyers Some people become famous for the way they lived their lives, and some become famous for the way they, well, shuffled off this mortal coil. Eben Byers is one such unfortunate soul. His coil glowed. What does that mean? Uh, I wouldn't know without reading the story. That is a bad pun. Mm -hmm. So, in November 1927, so almost 100 years of this, a wealthy industrialist named Eben Byers was returning from the annual Harvard-Yale football game aboard a special chartered train. It's not clear if what was going on on the train had anything to do. Maybe people were celebrating the game, whatever. But sometime during the trip, he fell out of his upper sleeping berth and injured his arm. So this is like this is like Oriental Express Agatha yeah. Christie type train where he's like he's sleeping where the luggage is or something. Right. He's yeah, sleeping can't on even that really... tough luggage rack <laughs> on the New Jersey Transit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he God. fell out and he, and he injured his arm. The injury interfered with Byers' golf game and his love life. 
The injury, he went to one doctor after another, but they could not ease his pain. Then a physician in Pittsburgh suggested he try Radithor, a patent medicine, which consisted of little more than the element radium. Okay, I was thinking this. Okay, yes, sorry, go ahead. In a distilled water solution. Radithor, the product, was from the Bailey Radium Laboratory of East Orange, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, founded by one quote-unquote doctor, William Bailey, a Harvard dropout who falsely claimed to have a medical degree from the University of Vienna. Yeah. In 1915, this uh, fake doctor served time in jail for mail fraud. A few years later, after a stint peddling strychnine, which is the active ingredient in rat poison, mm-hmm. uh, he peddled strychnine as an aphrodisiac under the brand name Laz, Laz, Lazigo, Lazigo for superb oh. manhood. God. So he gave people strychnine. Superb manhood. For superb manhood. He began selling Radithor as quote unquote pure sunshine in a bottle. He claimed it could cure more than 150 different ailments. And so here comes Eben, crazy. Here comes Eben Beyer who starts to take, I think drink Radithor and drink it. I mean, whoa, a lot. So, the, the story goes into a, more, a lot more detail about Radithor and mm-hmm. why it would have been such a, an interesting thing to have a, a, quote, pure sunshine in a bottle. Essentially, the, in the 1920s, there was like almost a fad about hot springs. Mm-hmm. Evidently, I guess people thought that hot springs like promote healing or, or something. So people would travel to different hot springs, which I think are warmed by like volcanic... They're like, it's like a, a pond on top of a volcano, basically, and so it'll heal you up. Yeah, yep. And so people thought that the, uh, that the chemicals in these hot springs, if you could only bottle that, right. then you'd essentially be bringing purifying healing waters uh, to the public in a commercial product, and you could make a bunch of money off of this. Um, so there were uh, a lot of products um, that were made in the name of, like, you know, getting healing waters into your body, including um, <laughs> hair tonic, face cream, toothpaste for a glowing smile, Uncle John says. It's like the Joker. Yeah, it is. Take this chemical and brush your teeth with it. Brand X. Love that Joker. Love that Joker. Blankets, soap, candy, chocolate bars, earplugs, hearing aids, laxatives, contraceptives, etc. There was even an athletic supporter called a radio endo endocrinator that was said to cure impotence. Oh my God. Quote, wearers were instructed to position the radium, this device, because all these things are imbued with radium. Right. Under the scrotum as it should be. <laughs> Which I as love. It be. As it should be. <laughs> Where at night radiate as directed now oh my god there's a big thing that people seem to overlook in the 1920s so they're using all these radium products the thing in spring water in hot springs is radon Mm -hmm. or radon or some other thing it's a different thing oh my god and then people started to radiate or irradiate water and i guess uh, laxatives. Oh my God. So that people are eating and wearing and using radiation poisoned devices, including Eben Byers. Oh my God. All right. So Eben Byers loves this stuff. Eben Byers keeps drinking radium water and he won't stop. And he starts insisting that his friends do the same thing. Uh-huh. And he begins buying radium water to give away to his friends, to give to women, to give to everybody, to promote this wonderful radium water that I guess he thinks helped heal his arm. Right. And, and improved his golf score. Like, the stakes here were incredibly low. Right. Right. 
So, maybe I said he was just drinking a buttload of water. <laughs> like obviously the maybe, radium, yeah. the radium component is harmful, but he was still drinking water, which Absolutely. is on record good for the bod. That is very, very true. So uh, here is a section titled too much of a quote unquote good thing. Byers kept right on drinking Radithor into the early 1930s when he began losing weight and suffering aches and pains all over his body. These symptoms were soon followed by blinding headaches and terrible pain in his jaw. But it wasn't until his bones began breaking and his teeth started falling out that he realized he was suffering from something way more serious than inflamed sinuses, as his doctors had diagnosed. This is terrible. This is Eben Byers. I mean, listen, he was going to town on this Radithor radium water. Yeah. He's a victim of his time. Oh, yeah. I mean. This is like dangerous levels of he didn't call it know. Like quackery is, yeah. is to put it mildly. Beyond. Like we didn't know anything. I know. We didn't understand any. Probably still don't. We don't know, I know. anything about how anything works. So we just try to do what makes sense. And sometimes things are popular. And he was chugging Radithor. He is not the only one there. Have you ever heard of the Radium Girls? That's the next thing I was about to okay. say to you. Go ahead. You say it. You say it. I, you're going to say it much better because I, I don't know like everything about it. But I know that there were women who were working in a factory that was producing something with radium. It was like dials or something. Kristen, you're a genius. <laughs> There's they a were, book about they were, it. They were using glow-in-the-dark paint yep. to make watch dials during World War I. Yeah, and they like they were ingesting it accidentally because what they were painting, they needed like a really tiny thin uh, edge of a paintbrush. And so, you know, when you're like painting something and you like lick the paintbrush, you get like a finer tip. Yes. They would be doing that. And so they're ingesting radium. And then also because it was glowy, they would play around sometimes, like paint their nails and stuff. Sure. And um, they ended up getting like super duper sick. So they sued the company. Who would think mm-hmm. that the company that we're working for and doing work for the to support the, the war effort, our boys overseas, whatever. Right. That it would kill them slowly. So, of course, they did what humans do. Mm-hmm. They, they had fun with their work. And yet they are known today as the radium girls because they got horrifying, you know, uh, radiation poisoning. Yeah. So anyway, a doctor looks at the lesions on Eden Byers jawbone and recognizes it from what happened to the radium girls. Oh, interesting. And that's when they learned that uh, Eden Byers had consumed as many as 1,500 bottles of Radithor since 1927. Oh, God. His fate was sealed. He, there's no coming back. No. He's going to die. So here's, here's a crazy fact. So I guess, um, I I don't, I don't understand anything as you know. Of course. So radon, this other chemical that's in hot springs, it's got Mm -hmm. a half life of 3.8 years. Meaning after a year, like some of the radon dissipates and turns into other stuff. It loses its efficacy over time. Mm -hmm. Well, radium which is actually what was used, uh, has a half-life of 1,600 years. Oh, my God. Years! So There's no escaping that. There's, there's no escaping that. It's only the year 2023 now. Right. You know, and this is 100 years ago. He's, he's, he was screwed. Oh, my God. Um, so uh, he, uh, well, he dies. All right. <laughs> of course. It's not good. He's got what like What was the holes. title of this? Was it like the screwed up demise of whatever? The Strange Fate of Eben mm. Byers. Yeah. And uh, here, check check this out. Um, so Eben Byers, yeah, he ends up dying. But not only is he buried, they end up having to bury him in a lead a lead-lined coffin. Because he could, like, infect the ground around yeah. him or something? Oh, my exactly. God. Because he was essentially a radiation man. And so, uh, yeah, he, yeah, so here, uh, he's in a lead-lined coffin in a cemetery in Pennsylvania. Um, and uh, not only that, but Radithor, this chemical, um, evidently, there are a lot of antique shops that might come across little bottles 
for Radathor because they were they were glass bottles back yeah. then, you know. Um, but um, even though, quote, uh, they have likely been empty since their original purchasers consumed the product in the 1920s and 30s, the bottles themselves remain dangerously radioactive. Oh, my God. Because this radium is so long-lasting. Oh, it's, my God. But can you, when you think about it that way, what a steal. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. If you come across one of those. You bought a product almost 100 years ago, and it still works today to poison and kill you. That's not bad. But still, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. We just don't know this stuff. Like, remember when, you know, there would be mercury in thermometers? And if you broke a thermometer, it was, like, very fun to touch the mercury. <laughs> did you ever do it? Oh, yeah. You did that? Yes. So that might be an explanation. Right. Exactly. It makes sense, doesn't it? Finally. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I... Did I ever do that? The I The fact that I did. don't remember might mean that I did. Maybe it did. Yeah, exactly. It's just... It's degraded Who's your mind say? so... Yeah. yeah, there's there's even a, a thing in here, and I, I don't know if I marked this down as as being worth looking at, but there's like there's a chapter in this book about DNA. Actually, mm -hmm. yeah, it is here, and I have it super short. Mm -hmm. Let me let me jump to it because it's just like sure, it's it's pretty short, and it underscores what I'm saying about like us just not knowing anything. Not to say that there's not you know valuable, obviously valuable work being done by scientific minds out there trying to drill into the world around us and, and make better, increasingly better sense of everything that, that, you know, we've built and, and of course. experienced from nature. But, but if we are to learn from history, we yeah. thought that we had things figured out back then that we clearly did not. So it stands to reason that the same thing is happening right now. Exactly. You can only know what you know. You can only know what you know. Um, so there's this whole chapter about DNA in here. Chapter. <laughs> These are not chapter <laughs> no, books. Not. The uncle John's bathroom reader. <laughs> <laughs> but so this is about DNA and like the discovery about the, the efficacy of like studying DNA and using it to compare to people. Mm -hmm. and, it, and it happened in 1984. Wow. Our knowledge of DNA is, is younger than you. Yeah, barely, but yes. So listen to this. This is a, a sub chapter called Bloodhounds. Um, there, there were crimes being committed. All right. Mm -hmm. Crimes being committed somewhere. I don't know where because I wasn't even planning on talking about this. Sure, of course. 1987. So this is after I'm born, too. This is yeah. one of the first times that they tried to use DNA <laughs> to catch a criminal. Man. After I'm born. Yeah, it took forever. It's insane. And it still is like, I've heard as it's, recently as the last year, like, you can't get DNA from hair. It's I'm very like, imperfect. You can't? I, I thought that this stuff was ironclad. What are you telling me now? I know. So, in this, in this town, in the villages of Narborough and Endbury, they start asking uh, males between the ages of 17 and 34 years to voluntarily submit their DNA to compare against material found at crime scenes. Mm -hmm. Horrendous attacks against women, all right? So, most men, just nearly, nearly all 5,000 men in the region voluntarily gave their blood. The technology, the DNA technology did not help catch the killer, but they did catch the guy because of these donations. Uh-huh. So check this out. It's not even about DNA being useful. Is it just process of elimination? Sort of. Uh, they found out about a man named Ian Kelly who was overheard boasting in a pub that he'd been paid to give a blood sample in someone else's name. Oh. Police interrogated him, found out who bought his blood, and it turned out to be that guy. Oh, that's really interesting. How wild is that? That's and good. And you know it's definitely true because it was in the Dr. Uncle John's fully loaded bathroom reader. Of course, the portable press Put it down in ink. It's from the Bathroom Readers Institute. It's got to be true. <laughs> That's right. Well, there Ugh. you go. Let's, let's take a quick break and then we'll, we'll read some more. Questionably, there's at <laughs> least a shadow of a doubt on really all this stuff, wouldn't you say? I would definitely say so. <laughs> at, least, at least a little. Yeah. I, I <laughs> certainly think that uh, the bathroom light might be off on yes, some of these. I think so. The light of truth from the hallway isn't necessarily beaming down. But we got something true to share with all of you. Are you oh, set? 
You better believe it. Listen to this, everybody. After 15 years, the classic B-movie card game, Grave Robbers from Outer Space, is back from the dead, baby. In GROS, or gross as it's known, you play as rival B-movie directors seeking to build up your films with characters, props, locations, and special effects while attacking your opponents with and defending against Hollywood creatures. Now, this is sort of cool. It's almost like a, you might you might be familiar with this idea from like, call it like the Pokemon card game. Mm-hmm. You know, my, my Charizard up against your Pikachu, right? right. But here you're going to pick horror things from movies and stuff, which is super fun. And uh, Steve and Nayla, listeners, shout out to Steve and Nayla. Hello. Who, who contacted us with to, to help boost the signal of, of the game, wrote the ad for us and made it a choose your own adventure game for us to play. So I can say, how is my, and I've got a bunch of names here to pick from, how will my uh, news reporter, and here's a quote, Mm -hmm. can you confirm the reports of a giant lizard running amok? Chrissy, we're live. Mm -hmm. Chrissy, how will (laughs) that survive against your? My space critters. Aw, it's so cute. Yes, it is. Ah, it ate my face. News reporter versus space critters. (laughs) Will I make it to the end when credits roll? You can play this too, and you should. Head on over to graverobbersgame.com, and you'll find links to their Kickstarter from there to support the project and get yourself a deck. And on the Kickstarter, you can also gain access to exclusive perks like early access to the beta test of the next season's cards or have you or your loved one immortalized as a character in the cast and crew expansion. But until then, keep watching the skies. Gross. The Grave Robbers from Outer Space game. Yeah, even the acronym is perfect. I think it's awesome. This is like a classic game that is being revitalized by uh, Steve and Nayla. And uh, they even said maybe, maybe they might make cards out of us. Oh, that's cool. So it turns out we might actually become part of this game, which is kind of neat. But so anyway, go check that out, everybody. That's graverobbersgame.com again. uh, I mean... I think our, our crew is exactly the crew that might be into this. Definitely. And I love that it's I love that they're guide to the unknown listeners. I love that. I know. So go support some guides, everybody. Hit up that Absolutely. Kickstarter today. I do too. So you also need to know about something that is right up all of your alleys, which is our Patreon at patreon.com slash GTTU pod. This is a great way for you to support the show and get a bunch of awesome stuff in return. We actually have a Patreon exclusive whole second weekly podcast called the Netherworld Dispatch that comes out every single Monday for people on the demon tier and more sporadically for the other tiers. So you can take a look over there on Patreon and see what fits you best. Yes. Our most recent episode is episode 127. Dusty aliens and internet monsters. You might have seen in the last week a lot of news stories going around about this press conference in Mexico. It was like an official, it was like to the government where some guy presented alien mummies <laughs> that he claimed to yeah. find. Well, Chrissy and I looked at the footage, looked at even some of the reaction from people online, and uh, gave our thoughts. Spoiler alert it's fake. It's not looking great, but very entertaining. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Right. Um, So uh, go check that out. That's waiting on Patreon for you right now. And as always, we're going to have new episodes coming out every Monday. We already recorded this Monday's episode about a bunch of recent movies. So get in while the getting's good. Patreon.com slash GTTU pod. And I love reading reviews on the show lately. We've got a brand new one here from K Cross 1987 says on repeat. Started listening to this show every time I got in the car and have continued to do so since I found the show in 2019. Like the TV show The Office, I put this on whenever I'm feeling down and need Uh a fun boost. Love them both, but I am definitely a Kristen superfan. Oh, that's so nice. I take it as an insult. I'm offended (laughs) and I'm angry and uh, it may be incredibly complimentary and nice, but, uh, you know, enemies. That's all I can say. Right. Thank you so much. What was that person's name or their username? K Cross 1987. 
K-Cross, thank you so very much. You made absolutely the right choice. Um, I think history is going to smile on you. And um, seriously, thank you so much. That's so incredibly sweet. And I'm a fan for you of you for doing that. All right, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I'll keep it brief, but I want to remind you yep. all we're going to be having a demon drive on Friday the 13th. So that's less than mm. a month from now, starting at 7 p.m. On our YouTube channel, we're going to play some games together. I'm thinking, I had a few people ask me about games, but I've had a, a crazy week, so I'll just say, I think the things that are a lock guaranteed are Trivia Murder Party, yep. which you none of you need to own a copy of at all. You can just join us fully from your phones. It's so, so don't, fun. Don't worry about that. Um, and I think we're going to try to play some Dead by Daylight, if mm -hmm. time allows, and Fall Guys, if time allows. But we're also going to do a commentary track for Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. And uh, there may or may not be some other fun surprises that occur that very evening. That's so, right. That uh, commentary track is really like a live watch along. Like yeah, you can watch it as well at the same time we're watching it and we'll comment on it. You can comment on it through the chat. Yes. Um, it'll be a, like a fun hangout thing. I'm going to do a couple of tech checks because that that movie's in the open is in the public domain. But you never know on YouTube these days who might flag it. So I'm going to do a tech a check point. at some point to confirm. And maybe I should have already done that. But I want to watch a movie all together. And something in the public domain would be really, really cool. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, so that's gonna be super fun. And it's called the Demon Drive because it's kind of uh it's like the the PBS drive. It's sort of an informational educational thing to also let you know about our Patreon, specifically our Demon Tier. And so we'll also be sharing some clips from Demon Tier episodes here and there. Yep, we're going to pull them out of the vault. Mm -hmm. And I think we're also going to uh, uh kick off a new fun way to to sort of like inject us into your lives a little more than you might expect. Yeah, it'll be very interactive. So uh, come around Friday the 13th, 7 p.m. YouTube.com slash GTTUpod. At 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's right. That's mm -hmm. right. Yeah. Um, so back to the bathroom. Oh, it always leads back there eventually. It's calling. It's inevitable. So I'm going to tell you about the green children of Woolpit. Oh. Have you ever heard of this before? No, but you're very green right now on my monitor. That's Kristen, true. Kristen's at home. And she's using a green light that illuminate. What is this? A migraine? Yeah, it's light? the it's the Allay migraine lamp. It's A L L A Y. It was made by like Harvard people. It's supposed to use this certain band of green light that's like uh, less abrasive to the eye while you're having a migraine. So instead of being in like a totally dark room, you can have this light on, and it's not quite as like ugh, as other lights are. And you can also use like this. I don't know about, but they say you can use it like somewhat preventatively like exposing your eyes to this green light regularly can maybe like lessen headaches and migraines i don't know about that i have experienced sounds that like some radium drink yeah i know it looks like <laughs> radium like nonsense uh, yeah i know that part i don't know about um but i have used it when i'm having a migraine and i still like need to see something and it does seem to be less uh ouchy to me so I'm glad I have it. Uh, and I occasionally do use it like before I'm going to bed when I'm like writing in my planner or whatever. Cause I'm like, I guess it can't hurt. Uh, but I don't really, you know, You're like Superman, you're like feeding <laughs> off of light rays. <laughs> is this on the, yeah, you're uh, right. is, this, is this on the guide to the unknown affiliate Amazon store? <laughs> no, it's not. I don't think it's sold on Amazon. Ads, well, just put a green light on it and then tell people it definitely cures everything. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I run this thing up and down my body to fix all sorts of aches and pains. Uh, GTTUpod.com. GTTUpod.com slash links. You can find our Amazon store. You can find, uh, I don't know, our merch, our P.O. box. <laughs> Which, everything. by the way, I don't know if you noticed, uh, we haven't gotten a penny from that. I don't understand how it's set up. I think it's not set up right or something. The merch? No, no, the uh, the Amazon store. Oh. It's a story for another time, but I emailed Amazon about it, and they like, I, I don't really know what's going on. But Goddamn, I'm, Bezos used it to build a rocket to the moon. I know. I'm He's getting rich share. off of us. I'm still happy to like sh genuinely just like share fave things with people who like us, but you know, I'd still like to get a a, a penny. Pull the plug. I Jeff know. Bezos doesn't need another dime. I know. I, I, I'm really not sure. I guess I got to look into it further. But I, I made a very half-assed attempt and then dropped it. Yeah, that's probably about what I would do. 
Yeah. Uh, okay. So here are my fellow green children of Woolpit. Yes. Where did these legendary kids come from? Here's why we don't know about this. It's from 12th century England. Too far back. In, yeah. um, in that's like our, the 1100s. Yes, it is. In our Patreon episode that's coming out uh, this coming Monday, Will brought up the concept of recency bias. Yeah. Which is uh, liking things less the older and older they are, like media-wise. I mean, I guess it's anything-wise. But um, <laughs> it seems like there might be a count of recency bias going on here. Yeah. So anyway, in 12th century England, during the reign of King Stephen, two very strange children were found alone near the town of Woolpit. Workers harvesting in a field heard the cries of a young boy and girl and found them huddled in an open pit, crying. But these were no ordinary children. They spoke a language that no one understood, and they were dressed in clothes of an odd metallic material. Stranger still was the color of their skin. Green! Ah! Aliens? Oh, what a surprise. I know. <laughs> you don't say. The two green children were taken to the home of a man named Richard de Calne. It was difficult for de Calne to get them to eat or drink anything. All they would eat were beans, and only beans <laughs> that were freshly cut from the beanstalks, which are, of course, green. Huh. Uh, the boys soon became ill and died, but the girls survived. As she grew older and learned English, the green girl was finally able to tell her story, which was as remarkable as her appearance. She said that she and her brother had come from a place that had no sun. All the people were green and they lived in a land of perpetual twilight. She said her home was across a river of light. When asked how they came to be in the pit, she said that they had heard bells, become mesmerized, and followed the sounds of the bells into a cavern. When they emerged, they found themselves in the open pit and were struck senseless by the bright lights of our world. This sounds like Superman. The bright lights of our world. Yeah, that's it sounds like they're from they're from Krypton. They're, they're from, from another Kry planet. Yeah. Yes. And uh Superman's found in like a pit basically, right? What? I mean, who found him in a pit? Doesn't isn't he kind of in like a little like dirt hole that was made because of his little Superman thing crashing into the earth? You're describing a comet or a meteor very strangely. I suppose they do create a dirt <laughs> hole, but yeah, his like his spaceship crashed into the earth and he came out of it. The dirt was really just, I don't know, a byproduct of a big machine smashing into the ground. They didn't find him in a hole, but he was conspicuously nude. I was, I was that about weird. to say that. It's so weird. So distracting. If you watch really either first Superman movie, Yes. There's nudity. <laughs> There's you nudity see? in like the remake Superman, you mean? Yeah, because you know when movies go like, well, it's a baby. There's nothing oh, more natural. I'm like, I don't want to see a nude anyone. Like in the 2000s or whatever, with like yeah, Brandon Man Ruth? Of, Man of Steel. They, no, not Brandon Ruth. He reenacts. <laughs> in, no one thinks of Superman Returns as the most recent Superman movie, first of all. Okay, I'll tell you. Second of all, hang on. Brandon Routh reenacts on. the moment where he emerged from that dirt hole nude. He says, hey, Lois, I'm back. <laughs> Hello. Here's, here's why Brandon Routh was on the brain slightly. Okay, they recently added a show called Grimm to Peacock, the streaming app. Yes. So I watched like the first three episodes of it. I don't know if I'll be continuing, but the guy kind of looks like the lead guy kind of looks like Brandon Routh. And I think that's why I jumped to that Superman. Cause I thought to myself, this guy looks like Brandon Routh. And then I looked up what Brandon Routh was doing. I don't remember it now. Um, but so that explains that. It's flimsy. Doesn't explain, anyway, there's, <laughs> doesn't explain there's, why I thought that Superman was found in a pit, but <laughs> super baby nudity at the beginning of both. The Man of Steel and Superman 1978. I didn't remember that from Man of Steel. That's really weird. It was obviously weird in 1978. Why would they do the same thing in like the 2010s or whatever? That's art. so weird. Art, Kristen. Art. That's a that's a human. I don't you know what I mean? It. Yeah, I don't, no. I don't need this. No one no. needs this. Even though I love them, I feel the same way about the Nevermind cover. Of course. The, no. And of course it's of course it's just a baby. I don't want it. I don't want it either. Uh -uh. I don't need it. I'm no. not gonna. I'm not gonna burn the albums or anything like that. <laughs> no, but, but I just I, don't... if I'm being honest, I, I didn't need this at all. And I'm pretty sure in the 1978 movie, he's lifting Ma and he Pa is... Kent's truck over his head. And they he do a full body shot. 
he 100% is. So there's not even like, oh, there's there's like a, a fold of his cape that is sort of like draping over something and you only see a little bit of it. No. Yeah. Won't somebody think of the 36-year-old man who doesn't want to see this? <laughs> I know that the guy who was the baby on the Nevermind cover like sued when he became an adult. And I think yeah, he got and then money. It became a whole, and, and I saw so many people that were like, oh, come on. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's weird. Yeah. I don't know how to feel about it, but I'll tell you this. I didn't need it. Same. Give me the weird I'll cover. Oh, any day of the week. Any day of the week. Yeah. All right. So there's only like a teeny bit of a follow up to this person being found in a pit and struck senseless by the bright lights of the world. By the way, same. Yeah. Look at where I am. Right Every now. day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. The strange girl's skin faded as she grew up. She married a man from Norfolk, England, but never had any children. And the townspeople never knew if she had come from deep inside our planet. Whoa. I didn't know that that was on the table. Okay. Deep inside our planet or another world. The green girl died a mystery. I assumed another world right off the Yeah, that's the what bat. I assumed. Yeah, absolutely. Inside our planet and wearing like um, metallic clothing that's space people if i ever heard of that's also what marlon brando wears in superman yes it is he's dressed in reynolds rap yes as jor-el yes <laughs> superman Jor- jor-el reynolds i think superman is so funny what a bizarre movie that <laughs> i haven't is a seen it movie. i should watch it i mean i haven't seen it in a million years but like when i think of the 1978 superman it like it feels funny to me. It is funny. They show yeah. him running alongside a train, yeah. and the special effect of him running is one of the funniest things. <laughs> it's hilarious. You'll ever see? They tried. They it, did. Like you look at 1978 Super Superman, you're like, bless their hearts. Yes, <laughs> they tried, and they paved the way for so many other greater stories to be told with better effects. But holy of course, crap! I also movie. think of Gene Hackman being like a funny Lex Luthor. Yes. Oh, well, he's very comedic. Yeah. And every time that he and um, his henchmen show up, they play this, this like doinky, boinky music like they're oh, I don't funny. Remember. They're the <laughs> villains. And it's like, boink, 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 boink. There's like a silly song for them. <laughs> I should rewatch that. What a movie. I feel like we watched that like a good amount when we were kids. I think it's because we had it on Laserdisc. Dad, dad, dad was big into Superman. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I want to just read a real shorty before we move on, just because Please. I feel that it could be it, it could be relevant as people start to decorate their lawns for Halloween. Sure. Uh, these are silly gravestones. Oh, perfect. From a page called Pushing Up Daisies. These are from real gravestones. Really? Okay. Here lies Anne Mann, who lived an old maid, but died an old man. Get it? Because her last name was Mann? Oh. She died as an old man, but she lived as an old maid. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Here lies the body of... Was that the effect that they wanted? (laughs) They're just going, huh? (laughs) <laughs> Maybe uh, it's more a visual joke. Joke, you can, joke received. You can see you can see the double N's. Her last name is spelled M-A-N-N. Right. So like it might Leslie be better Mann. seen. Yeah, exactly. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Here lies the body of Jonathan Blake, stepped on the gas instead of the brake. I hope that's not true. These, this is like from the Haunted Mansion. This is from the line to get into the Haunted Mansion. These yeah. are silly. These are intentionally silly. Yeah, yeah. But there, I guess but was, I mean like I mean like fictional silly. It's not like this is a person's grave and they wrote a funny thing for their epitaph. They're saying that these are from real gravestones. That's Again, crazy. Because that person knows? didn't know they were gonna die. So like they're they're like but their here's wife what I'm, put a silly joke on their gravestone. No, but some people write their epitaph before they die. This guy could have died of natural causes, but he was working on a fun joke for himself. Oh, I see. In life, you know, you know there was a there's a Norm Macdonald Norm Macdonald Norm Macdonald <laughs> joke. Yeah, where he's like, you know, people say like at my funeral, I I don't want it to be sad. I want it to be like a party. I want people to be having fun. He goes, no, at my party, I want it to be sad. I'm dead. <laughs> so funny very 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 funny have you seen the video of that irish funeral where the guy who died made a recording of himself being like hey hey let me out of here oh it's dark in here but it's it's funny i think it's partially funny because he has an irish accent if i'm being completely honest and everybody's laughing um, You've got I like to it. let me out of here. Yeah, I'm yeah, trapped yeah. in me grave. And he's like cursing. He's like, right, yeah, yeah, what yeah. the feck? 
like you right. know like irish yeah, yeah, wise yeah. um no it's good all right there's just two more here lies lester moore four slugs from a 44 no less no more wow get it lester moore yeah, last one it. stranger tread this ground with gravity dentist brown is filling his last cavity now that's good what because it's terrible but he's, he's filling the cavity in the ground with his body. Oh, 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 oh. Okay, yeah, that is. You know what? You're right. Kristen. I, I didn't get it, to be totally honest. <laughs> they found him in a hole in the ground. <laughs> okay, I gotcha. Well, All right, I, Will. Bring us on met, home. You, oh, no. This is going to be the last one. Can I read a stupid one and then do a good one? Yes. All right. Because <laughs> you mentioned my flimsy. Here's my flimsy transition, remember? Yeah. Remember when you mentioned the kid from Nevermind? Yes. Here are some grunge Grunge music slang. Ooh, this is my time. Give All it right. to me. I know. That's why I wrote it down. It's yeah, not yeah, yeah. spooky, but it's that kind of thing that like is like fear mongering almost for adults. You know, like where it's like, if your child texts a peach emoji, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. confiscate their phone. Right. <laughs> right. Like, so uh, I, I might almost. All right. So here's here's the here's the level of what we're dealing with. This is whoever wrote this book. This is what they think people really said i don't okay. think people necessarily really said all of these yeah yeah yeah. so to set the table swinging on the flippity flop <laughs> absolutely not what do you think that also meant? this is grunge <laughs> talk in the early 90s the biggest thing in rock music was grunge a mi- there's like a such a lead-in for it's this. fine but why the hell would swing it on the flippity flop be something grunge people say not at all no it's like minimalism antithetical actually to the concept i totally agree minimalism laid back attitudes yeah anti-establishment yeah not loving stuff Uh -uh. Mm uh-uh so what do you think swinging on the flippity flop meant swinging it's swinging on the flippity flop oh they don't you have a g at the end of swinging are you out of your mind but it's swinging it's i didn't know if it was swinging or swing it oh like i'm I'm currently okay gotcha 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 gotcha. swinging on the flippity flop i guess it would be like see you later uh, that's what I would have thought too, because like see ya on the flippity flop song. Yeah. They say it meant hanging out with friends. Okay. Here we are. Here we are, boys, just swinging on the flippity flop. And this then somebody is not... goes, I want you to go home, Will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we didn't invite you, you in the first place. This one is totally fine. This makes sense. Score means great. Yeah. Got it. Score. Oh, you got that score. score. That's great. Yeah. Right? Uh, Platts. Plats were platform shoes. I like your plats. No way. I wore and kind of still do wear almost exclusively platform shoes. And uh, I've never heard plats. Kickers, heavy boots. Um, okay. All right, this is this is nonsense. <laughs> Ready for this one? Yeah. I- I'm going to read you the definition first, okay? Okay. S- staying home on Saturday night with your significant other Instead of going out to a concert or club. All right. That's all I do now. Bound and hagged. Oh, my God. This is okay. like sub Wayne's World slang. Yeah. Ending this, up at home bound and hagged. There's no way this existed. No. I feel like this was just made up. No. Though this is confusing in every facet. A lame stain. What's that? De- definition. A cob nobbler. That's the definition? That was the definition. That's not a new piece of slang. <laughs> oh my That's God. What Uncle John's considers the definition right now. Of a lame stain. A lame stain is a cob nobbler. Okay. <laughs> Come again? Yeah, right. I would assume it would mean like, uh, Mr. Stevens, my science teacher, is such a lame stain. I guess so. A real cob nobbler. If you get my meaning. Oh, my God. Uh, rock on means see you later. Oh, 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 oh. They also defined cob nobbler. Oh. A cob nobbler is a loser. Okay. So a lame stain is a cob nobbler. Is a, a loser. loser. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, wax slacks. <laughs> oh, my God. I'll give you a hint. In the 90s, I definitely wore wax slacks. Like... Like Jenko style jeans, torn up jeans. Okay, yeah, yeah. Wax slacks. That's really Wha- funny. My wax slacks. <laughs> Harsh realm meant bad. Uh, okay. 
if you had too much to drink, somebody would say, you look like a big bag of bloatation. Okay. <laughs> this is terrible. <laughs> and the last one that I'm going to read to you, because I'm sick of it. Yeah. The Tom Tom Club. The Tom Tom Club. What the hell is that? The Tom Tom Club. Inspired by the name of a dance pop side project by the mainstream talking heads. Okay. I feel like I'm speaking another language. It's like, <laughs> I, I feel like a Jasper. The talking heads are sweet. Claimed this meant uncool outsiders. Huh. You're in the Tom Tom Club. You're not part of our crew. Well, there, is, you know, there is a restaurant, and I guess you could say club in LA called Tom Tom that is owned by two of the Toms on Vanderpump Rules, and I would say it has become quite uncool after Scandaval. So maybe right? this makes sense. Okay. Eh. Um, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap up now, uh, picking up where you left off with some uh, quote unquote funny epitaphs. Oh, great. So these were written on headstones, and then yeah. I'm gonna read you two of my micro guys, and we're we're gonna disappear. Perfect. From this realm. So. Yeah, we're going to be flushed and gone. That's right. In New Jersey, Rebecca Freeland's grave. She drank good ale, good punch and wine, and lived to the age of 99. Nice. That's a fun one. That's kind of like a, it's meant to be very affirming and, and, yeah. and happy, which is not bad for a gravestone. Yeah. A little Dorothy Parker-esque. In New York, from the grave of Lawrence Cook Jr., Ma loves Pa, Pa loves women, Ma caught Pa with two swimming. Here lies Pa. <laughs> okay, I, I hope that Ma collaborated on that with Pa and that it's all a big joke. Yeah, exactly. Here's a mouthful from Lady Corningsby in Massachusetts. <laughs> oh, wow. Buckle up for this one. The name itself is a mouthful. I plant these shrubs upon your grave, dear wife. <laughs> what? what? That something on this spot may boast of life. Shrubs must wither and all earth must rot. Shrubs may revive, but you, thank heaven, will not. It's not good. It doesn't flow. They just use the word shrub because it's one syllable. Yeah. It's probably, they probably wanted flowers. Terrible. It's not terrible. Good. Lady yeah. Corningsby, Thumbs your husband down. was a loser. Yeah, totally. <laughs> right. Here's a great shorty from Colorado. I'd rather be here than in Texas. Oh, okay. That's whole thing. Whole yeah. thing. It's great. Uh, and uh, shots yeah. fired at Texas. Yeah, exactly. I'll read it. Here's a, another dumb long one from Connecticut. Yeah. Molly, though pleasant in her day, was suddenly seized and went away. How soon she's ripe. How soon she's rotten. Laid in her grave and soon forgotten. There's not even a name on that one. <laughs> Did it say Molly? Yeah, I guess that's the best you got is first yeah, name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a shame. Uh, and here's I don't probably like the best one. I don't like the idea of being rotten. No, I don't. I no, I did not like that at all. Mm -mm. It did flow. It did flow. Yeah, I'll give so them. I'll that. give them that. How soon she's ripe? How soon she's. Rotten. I also don't like ripe. I hate ripe. Yeah. And rotten. Nah, I don't is like either so of them. Gross in this context. Yes. Um, in like in like the fun the hearse song or whatever like. Don't mm -hmm. ever laugh as the hearse goes by, for you may be the next to die. In that context, rotten lands as like a an icky, gross out word. Yeah, totally. But here, and like the practicality of a headstone, no. Mm -mm. And again, it's too real. Who knows if this is yeah. real or not? Whatever. Of course. Here's the best one on the page, though. In Illinois, for John E. Gemble, an attorney, the defense rests. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I, I like it's too clever by half, but it works. I like it's dorky clever in a way that I like. Yes, I like it too. Mm -hmm. uh, and so here are my uh, my last uh, few micro facts to tell you. Literally just a line from the bottom of the page. Who the hell knows? Beautiful. It was once illegal to sell E.T. the extraterrestrial dolls in France. Huh. I wonder why. That's weird. Did what happened? What's their problem with E.T.? Did they think it was like the occult or like they thought it was like... I don't know. Like a copywriting issue? We'll never know. In fact, I agree with you. We'll never know. Yeah. Um, Space suit underwear is water cooled. 
Okay, like, it took like me a, a second. I, at first, I was picturing underwear that like any of us could wear, but like a like spacesuit themed. You know what I mean? Oh, I see, I see, I see. I no, it was like literally a, what uh, what, what astronauts wear is water cooled underwear, meaning like water tubing. Yeah, yeah. Now that sounds okay. That sounds more than okay to me. To me, I'll accept. I'd like that down here on Earth, please. Me too. Me too. So they can get water in your undies, but they can't suspend it within cream and sugar to make ice yes. cream. That's not that block. Although right. I do like astronaut ice cream. It allows you to say I wet my pants Ooh. without a humiliation necessary. Or my pants wet me. <laughs> my pants wet me mm-hmm. ah, you're floating in zero not many G. can say that help me <laughs> help me help me <laughs> <laughs> and the last one that i've got for you which i which i thought this was wonderful it's like very delightful again i don't know if it's true i want to believe it's true yeah how the french would say lol in a text message laugh mm-hmm. out loud in a text message is actually for them m d r which is short for Mort de Rive. Ah. I died of laughter. Oh, that's fun. Which I think is really cool. I like that a lot. Do you I know died that, of laughter. Did you know that the new thing now is I-J-B-O-L? It's I just burst out laughing. People are using that instead of LOL. Oh, to be like literal. Yeah, but like they'll type I-G-B-O-L instead of LOL. Oh, okay. Yeah. You might I, notice gonna, it now that I said it. You might have seen it somewhere on like Twitter or whatever and just thought it was like gobbledygook, but it's a thing. People, people actually doing that. You, you sort of said it like you were a newscaster being like, the new thing teams are doing. <laughs> I've seen people do it. First of all, I get a newsletter called How to Be Less Old that told me that. But Skeptical. Then, you shouldn't be reading then, stuff like that. But then I saw it. Well, it's from like a comedian. It's from June Diane Raphael's sister, who's hilarious. Okay, that context is very important. Okay. Yes. Um. So it is sharing this information, but also like laughing about it or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I saw it in that. Her name is Deanna Chang, by the way, and worth a look. Um, and then I've seen it on Twitter a couple times since. I was like, oh, my God. Yep. I, I've never seen that or I just went right past it. Yep. But uh, I'll tell you this right now. If you ever the next time you text me, uh, where are you or what are you doing? You're going to get back. I are you, and a winky face. I are you, I'm reading Uncle John's <laughs> read between the lines. <laughs> if you need to know where I am. There you go, everybody. There it is. Thus concludes the second edition of our Uncle John series. And look, we have more to go. I still have little post-it sticky marks in my book that I didn't get to. At least yours is all spooky themed. I, I know. I, I was know. really, I was really yes. up against it in mine at this. You point. You absolutely were. We could switch if you wanted to for next time. I'm not picking. I'm not touching that one. <laughs> <laughs> I know where it's been. That thing has been flagged, Chrissy. It's flagged. Um, thank you all so much for hanging out with us. Yes. Please consider hitting up uh, patreon.com slash GTTU pod mm-hmm. uh, for more. That's every single Monday, a brand new episode. A bunch are just sitting there waiting for you right this second. Cool community. There's a Discord that you can join. Yeah, it's awesome. The party There's a continues. book club within the Discord. Yep, a monthly right. book club. It's really awesome. It's run by Chloe. Thank you, Chloe. Thank you, Chloe. Mm-hmm. Head to graverobbersgame.com. So that you can back Grave Robbers from Outer Space. Um, super fun game. Again, shout out to Steve and Nayla. Um, hit up at GTTU Pod on all social media. Come back for the Demon Drive Friday the 13th on YouTube at 7 p.m. Eastern. YouTube.com slash GTTU Pod. Mm-hmm. And follow us online. I'm at Chillin' Kristen. I'm at The Myth Traveler. So we will see you next week for more creepy weirdness. But until that time comes, we must travel. Back to the netherworld, go we. Flush! And if you were wondering the whole episode, yeah, we recorded remote. Swirl. Swirl. We recorded remote because I refuse to leave the bathroom. Chris is on the john right now, sucker! I'm in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs>